icebreaker question. Uh, so, you know, you are on a deserted island. Uh, which perfect being would you rather be stuck with? Perfect Cell or Handsome Jack? And for the intents and purposes oh, of this look question. What horrible question is that? So... <laughs> Neither of those people do you want to be on. A, what? I think like Scarlett Johansson, maybe. I mean, why? 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 <laughs> why two psychopaths exactly dominate, like, they consider themselves world domination exactly right, they consider perfect beans i just want to have a jokey question all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, from attending the first uh Kamea con um and attending as an audience member and a media member i learned your prep work and warm-up routine uh for your you know voice acting roles um so for your live action roles like how do you do that prep or do you just go on on set and roll with it um i guess it depends um there's i mean when you're doing like a guest star on csi there's really not a lot of soul searching and prep work that you're doing (laughs) Uh, also there's no real time. Uh, a lot of it's sort of a by the numbers kind of thing that said, mm-hmm. if you're, you know, if you're doing theater or I guess, you know, there's a couple of films I've done where I've, I've had to get to a mindset. I find music really helps me a lot, a playlist. Okay. Um, and there's certain physical routines that I'll do if 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 I need to have like a, a, a you know you know we all have that kind of basic energy that we carry around with us every day and and if you're doing something like comedy or sitcom or anything like that uh I mean not that I've done a sitcom uh but you know as far as comedy goes and you need to be up here mm-hmm. you're typically here uh there's just certain physical exercises you can do before like you, ever, you remember Seinfeld yeah who hasn't um, <laughs> Yeah, but not everybody watched it. Like, I never watched it, really. But um, Michael Richards is like, I don't know what that guy did before he ended up shooting because nobody operates on that level, right? Mm -hmm. When he would, like, burst through a door and he'd have this energy that was really, like, right here and everybody else was down here. Um, But it's kind of... I'm watching that show going, like, what the hell does that guy do (laughs) to get to that spot? Because that's not that's a completely unnatural state. Yeah. But so is comedy. Comedy is an unnatural state. We don't live, we don't live in that headspace. So I find like if you can get into your body, like in an Alexander technique kind of way. Um, and if you're not familiar with that, it's, it's just, uh, against certain exercises you can do or picturing yourself as a certain type of animal, mm-hmm. um, which now we're getting into the, like the, the, the weeds and like nerdy acting stuff, but, um, <laughs> Uh, there are certain mindsets you can get into to, to help with that. And for, for comedy, it helps me with that. But like for a lot of, I played a lot of serial killers for some reason. <laughs> uh, with that, I find music helps me a lot. Like okay. really, really sets my mood. Um, unless I have to be physical about something. But if I'm, if I have to get into a headspace of like uh, heavy loss or uh, I'm about to kill this person or I'm sad that I killed this person, <laughs> Um, to me, music, there's nothing more powerful than music. No, I absolutely agree. Um, just going on the whole music thing, like, is there like a specific band or artist that you listen to, to get into that headspace? And if so, who? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, you ever heard of a band called Sigurós? No. They're like Icelandic or something. It's S-I-G-U-R. And then I think it's R-O. 
ROS, really emo, moody stuff. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Um, and then uh, that's, you know, I'm sad. My family just got into a car accident. So what am I doing with my life kind of music? Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, there's just tons of it out there. Actually, most of my, most of my everyday listening is pretty much that uh, on my Spotify playlist. Um, but yeah, actually, if you look at my Spotify playlist, it's everything. It's okay. classical, not heavy country, but there is some in there. So <laughs> I can pretty much pull from whatever I want, at least a couple, two, three songs just from that playlist, because by nature, I, I, uh, uh, I just love this. You take away my TV, but just not, not my music. It, mm-hmm. It's um, everybody's different that way. I'm not such a visual person, but really an auditory kind of um, like, a, it's just very important to me. So um, I'll, I'll always have something to pull from. Um, just because I listen to such a broad spectrum. I mean, my playlist will have everything from, you know, ACDC, Led Zeppelin to, you know, opera. We've even got a couple of weird opera things on there. Not so much on the musicals. Couldn't That's really like the only thing that I could never get into is musicals. Yeah. Um... I haven't really tried that hard, but like my <laughs> wife will try to get me to watch. Yeah. What was the last one? It actually wasn't bad. It was the new West Side Story. Oh, like, okay. Yeah, that's not a bad visually i really really liked it rent i didn't mind so much back in the day but for the most part i'm not going to pop in a a musical soundtrack and um but there are a lot of people that love it yeah that's pretty much it though but yeah long (laughs) answer to a short question it's a good one um and then for this interview sucks man i wish you'd I wish you'd done some work. To All right, I'm done. This. All right, I'm <laughs> done. <laughs> I, I can step in and, and try to salvage the situation. Thomas, um, he was bragging about how good he was. So uh, I, was, I, yeah, I know. I'm done. Um, I just wanted to take a giant shit on his he, head there for a minute. He, he was he was pulling an Ivan Drago first mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I feel you with the musical thing. For me, it's more visual. Like I don't think I could listen to Sweeney Todd, but I could watch that all day long. I mean, Johnny Depp oh, that's a good is slashing, yeah. you know? Um, that's a good example, yeah. <laughs> um, but I have a question. Um, you mentioned CSI. Um, and I know up until 2020, um, so I read somewhere that you had been in every CSI TV series at one point or another. Yeah, I think it was before. That trend. before what have I, what, what's the, they got CSI Hawaii now or something, don't they? Yeah, I think that's the newest one. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. They have so many spinoffs. I mean, they, they take over. What a cash them. cow that is, man. <laughs> what, an like amazing, did. what an amazing <laughs> job to go, hey, you got CSI Hawaii. That's where you're going to shoot <laughs> for probably 10 years. Because, like, you know, those shits. Well, <clears throat> CSI Cyber didn't, do, didn't, didn't really go too, too far. But that was pretty... Um, pretty niche, right? If you're gonna like have a show about technology and not just everything, yeah. right? That does not feel like it's, like it's only gonna take you so far. It was a good show though, but yes, I was up until Hawaii, I think. Yeah, yeah. Apart from hackers, I don't think I've ever seen anybody delve really too much into like the the cyber warfare type deal. I mean, there was that one Die Hard movie with Nick Long yeah um, is that like hard? yeah yeah exactly but i mean that's good for a movie but it's not going to give you it's not going to give you nine ten seasons or six or five i mean you know, how many how many hacking situations can you get into because it's just it's one piece of a very large puzzle right in terms yeah of, 
the world of crime and nefarious <laughs> activities. It's one, it's one facet of that, you know? Right. Yeah. At what point do you just update your McAfee, right? <laughs> right. Like, oh, we can't, we can't, we can't deal with that. It's not, it's not in the cyber world or whatever. Right. No, it's, it's, it's too, it's too niche. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's like, it's like having a show about the Coast Guard. You know what I mean? Like, and it's only boats, just boats all the time. Boats. Like Baywatch probably did a really good job. Cause you're like, Oh, what is that? A, this is a show about lifeguards. You go, yeah, but they're on land and they can run around and do other shit. But if you yeah. have like a show just about boats and the Coast Guard, maybe that's why it hasn't been done. I don't know. Maybe if David Hasselhoff was on all the boats, maybe. And less of the drugs are on all of the drugs. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can you can do a movie about Coast Guard, but I don't yeah, I don't think you can get away with a TV series. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like was, that was the cyber thing for me. Yeah, there's the one with um Oh man, his name just slipped my mind. Um, Ashton Kutcher. I mean, that was a pretty cool Coast Guard. I- I'm not sure if it was Coast Guard. I'm just generalizing. Didn't see it. Maybe. Yeah, they were like divers, and yeah, it worked as a movie. But what I put like ten episodes of them repeatedly pulling all these people out of the water, probably not. So you know, speaking of that though, um, <clears throat> I love this new model that, that that people are embracing, and I think that we've we've stolen it from the British, the English, whatever. Um, is instead of cramming an impossible amount, we take a book, right? And instead of cramming an impossible amount of, uh, of um, content into an hour and a half and make it shitty, we're going to make six or eight episodes. And I, I love this right now um, with things like the, uh, the dropouts or Dr. Death or all these real life um, um, I guess now they're, they're based off of podcasts, right? Um, but I love this new model because now we can, or it's not new, but, but, but now we can at least explore the, the nuances and the characters and, and get to know these people where they take, you know, where, where it just would not be possible inside of a scope of 90 minutes. You know, um, any, any book or, or, or real life situation, The Shrink Next Door, you know, I guess Apple's yeah. got time. Yeah, it's, it's that, it it's really that works. Spot. I love it. Yeah, because yeah. either you're sacrificing with the movie or you're oversaturating it. And that's what I loved about Sherlock. It was such a yeah. great series and it was like the perfect amount. And even with these two parters, yeah. everything, like, yeah, it's a perfect formula. I really dig it. Yeah, even Not if you have a that. movie based on a book or a true life situation or a podcast situation and we're going to make it two movies, still not enough. But you got, if you have six, seven, eight hours of content, you can take your time and you can explore and you can make it really compelling. And, and again, I feel like the British have been doing this for a long time mm-hmm. and we've just for some reason caught onto it and gone, Oh, that's a good idea. But and I love you, it. <laughs> you've mentioned a podcast uh, a couple of times already. Like, have you ever, do you have one or are you on one or have you ever considered, you know, starting one? You know, man, I would have 10 years ago, but at this point no. <laughs> <laughs> Um, plus I feel like it would just be a matter of seconds before I was canceled. I'd say something <laughs> super dumb. I feel like, and I'm, I'm saying that half jokingly, like, I just don't, I just think it's a really tough time for people to create interesting content mm-hmm. and be themselves in this fucking climate. It, uh, and I know that's a very non-controversial thing to say. Everybody says it, but it's it's very i think it's impossible to be genuine and create interesting content right now anything that i would want to do personally mm-hmm. i would be in the back of my head 
thinking, how's that going to land? Mm-hmm. Who's, who's going to, you know, uh, who's going to pick up their pitchforks and come to my front door over, over that, you know? And right. now the answer, the, and the answer to that is, is, is everything. It doesn't matter what you say. And I, I'm the kind of person that will get stressed about that kind of thing, especially if you build something up. Yeah. And, and now you're generating revenue. You got sponsors. You're, and you spent, I mean, what's it take to get a decent podcast off the ground? I, I think five, 10 years before you really start to hit stride. And unless you've already got a lot of cachet going into it, let's say five, six years. Right. Mm-hmm. And then to have that all taken away, like within, within seconds, I just, yeah, you know, it's, it's just, just a volatile, volatile way to sort of uh, make a living, I guess. Definitely is. Uh-huh. Um, Kevin Smith, he said a couple of times, you really got to now um, you really got to watch out what you say. Back mm-hmm. then, you know, when he started his podcast, he was like, you know, you know, you know, I could let loose. And now he's like, eh, kind of like got to wiggle around certain things, you know. Yeah, you're constant, constantly checking yourself and editing yourself. Uh, it's, it's not going to be good. It just isn't. And, and I think people are really starved for genuine content and, and to, to, to know, like uh, the best example I can give, and I just cannot stop listening to the guy is Tim Dillon. Have you guys listened to Tim Dillon? No, I, I haven't oh. personally. He is not only very intelligent and super quick. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with an old comic named Don Rickles, but he's kind of like a oh, modern yeah. day Don Rickles. Um, but he does not give a shit. He goes for it. He does, it's his show is completely satire. Um, he's like Rush Limbaugh meets Alex Jones, but it's satirical, like the mm-hmm. Onion version of that. Um, and it's brilliant, and I love it. But he's constantly getting shit on, and people are constantly trying to 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 cancel him. But uh, he doesn't care. He just doesn't care. <laughs> you should check it out, Tim Dillon, the Tim Dillon Show. It's it's just for an example of somebody who, like a Bill Burr or you know a Dave Chappelle that just doesn't. You know, you can't you can't yeah. cancel them because they just, you know, they don't give a shit. I don't think you can really cancel people off of Patreon, can you? Does Patreon kick, kick people off? I don't think if, I've ever heard of anybody. Um, yeah, it's that. like Twitch and stuff or YouTube. They'll cancel you. But do people get canceled off of Patreon? Does that happen? Because it's all crowd crowdsourced. Crowdsourced, right? yeah. Because, I mean, Patreon in a There's way. No sponsors. Right, exactly. So, so, you, I, so I don't think people get booted. So, th- so therefore, that, that that leads to you know a lot of that's for now anyway. Yeah, that leads to a lot of freedom, I, I suppose. You know, but all these guys are still, regardless of of being on Patreon or I guess Spotify would, would be another platform. Um, they, uh, I mean, how many times has Joe Rogan been picketed at Spotify? Right? How many times have have they been? We're walking out because he said some shit about COVID. I mean, that happens a lot over there. The fucking staff over there are like yeah. constantly throwing their arms up um, and they're, you know, they're, they're standing strong. But even Spotify is like kind of dicey, right? Um, but even those shows, well, not Rogan anymore, but I mean, uh, Tim Dillon, yeah, he's on Patreon, but he's also relies heavily on YouTube. And we all know YouTube will fucking boot you for, for zero reason. They'll give you no yeah. reason. They'll just say, ah, yeah, there was a word you said that caught our algorithm and now you're gone. It's just right. it's too crazy. So that's a very long answer to would I ever do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I um, wouldn't because I'd want to do a really good job and I wouldn't want to put a lot of time and effort into it. Now it would really bum me out if I got all, you know, house yeah. of cards on me, you know. No, I feel like uh, you'd have a lot of strong opinions, which 
you know, need to be heard said in a certain way and just, yeah. Yeah. Is it worth it? Is the question. Yeah, exactly. You guys are pretty safe. You're interviewing people, right? So if I, if you're, if your your guest has a bunch of crazy shit, you're <laughs> like, well, you either don't air it or that's on them. Right. But you're in a, you're not giving necessarily, you're not doing a one, one man Bill Burr diatribe. This is my opinion. This is my hot take on this situation, which is, I think where a lot of, especially if you're a guy, you're, I don't know, straight white guy, forget it. And you're just, just a matter of time. <laughs> That's not an interesting, that's not an interesting take everybody, you know, people have been talking about it for the last 10 years straight, right? It is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. How long have you guys been doing this for, but speaking of which? Um, Well, we interviews for about three years now. Um, Geek Network was kind of birthed out of accident. (laughs) Um, Initially, uh, my friends and I just kind of would go on like IGN anywhere on social media, you know, just to talk about the things we like. And, you know, kind of to your point, we, we hated the toxicity of expressing your opinion and having thousands of people tell you that you're wrong because of this, this, and this, like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And I want (laughs) you to die of fucking ass cancer or whatever. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, so horrible. Yeah. So, you know, essentially it came down to being tired of the bullshit and, you know, yeah. just wanting to have a place for everybody to talk about what they love, you know, connect with the people that love the same things you do and, you know, have yeah. at it. And that's Geek Network started as a Facebook page. And, you know, from it's there, good for you we, guys. That's awesome. yeah, uh, from there, we became a website and uh, we've had podcasts come and go. Um, it, it's the same thing, you know, this, to your point is, you know, how much of our opinion can we express without the fear on the back of our head? And, right. and like you the guys got sponsors and, the and all that, right? Um, no, this is all independent, actually. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. Well, it's um, gonna. Yeah. Well, I guess. Yeah. The, all all the stakes get higher too, when when the sponsors start coming in, right? Yeah. So when it comes to the interviews and like our articles, we we try to stay like non-biased, you know, just reporting the facts. And then you know we have um a podcast that Daniel and I do together, Dead Rooster Podcast, where we talk about horror, uh, movies, video games, all that good stuff, and. That's that's more um, our our deal to express our opinions <laughs> in in one form or another, um, but yeah, you know, it, it it wasn't anything that we intended to do in the long run, but honestly, it's something that I love to do, and hopefully, yeah, that'll come with sponsors and yeah, you gotta start, you gotta start stuff. at least there, yeah, yeah. Even the horror movies, man, you guys, uh, the 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 only good horror movie I've seen lately, and I love horror movies, is Let's Play. Have you guys seen that? Yes. It's good, right? Yeah. I'm not in that, but go ahead. Talk about it. <laughs> it's so, it's a solid movie. It's really well done. I don't want to get into it too much because I know you got questions, but yeah, it's a good movie. I thought, you know, bravo. Especially when you're dealing with like the technology and the horror together. Like we've all seen the the uh the you know, I don't know, the Snapchat horror killer or whatever. And I just never always thought it was really dumb, but it actually really worked. I thought they did a great job. Anyway, yeah, yeah so you can check that out, man. It's good. Yeah, are you um, in the? I, and did I not do my research? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, Decent. I'm I'm into like the whole spoof type horror too. So like Velocipaster, um, I just came across one called Noah's Shark <laughs> that I'm that I'm hunting down. <laughs> Velocipaster. <laughs> um, oh, that's so, so good. At first, at first, 
at first sight, you're going to think like, what the hell is Thomas thinking? And and I'm sure a lot of people had that thought and they went in thinking that it was going to be a joke. And in a sense, it is. But after I did my research on, on the creator and director, he's a big George Romero fan. And this started like as a passion project during his filming school. So he uses no um, virtual effects at all in the entire movie. And, and you'll see that right off the bat because his parents die in a car crash. What are but, you talking about right now? In Velocipaster? Yes, in Velocipaster. So, uh, okay, um, okay. So his parents die in a car crash within the first few minutes of the film, but they don't show any sort of visual effects. So it just says on the screen, car on fire. And, and that's, that's how you interpret <laughs> the explosion. And it's, it's really so it's like they would send that's like before they got into the editing portion of it. Right. Right. So in, insert car on fire here kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just put the caption on on screen and it's such a clever movie. And like if you know the background of like what he was trying to do, kind of pay homage to George Romero. It, it's hilarious. OK, and I'll, look, I'll check coming. it out. And if I don't like it, I'll let you know. Yeah. Sue me, man. <laughs> We at us. It sounds awesome. <laughs> it sounds awesome. All right. Well, Daniel, you got some questions, man. Like, what do you want to know? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm really good. I'm really good at derailing interviews. So no, I'll, you're I'll good. To, like, to, I'm enjoying bring all of this. <laughs> I'm enjoying all of this. So thank you. <laughs> um, but the next question would be from various fandoms, stretching from Yu Yu Hakusho to Dragon Ball Z, Full Metal Alchemist supernatural and borderlands which was your favorite one to be a part of and why can't really pick man i mean because they all bring different things right you're talking about live action video games anime cartoons but so they're all very different uh genres so um but i think like tv wise i mean i've got a bunch tv wise that i really like because i mean being on 24 was always a dream and and, and that was since that show came out, I loved it. Um, Supernatural was amazing. Those guys were great to work with. I mean, I've got nothing bad to say about um, really any of that stuff. Um, I have no negative experiences with any of my TV or film work. Um, <clears throat> Hanson Jack, I think, and Cell are, are, are kind of lean towards being not my favorites, but they just resonate they seem to resonate with a large audience uh and that um and when i go on conventions and stuff i get i get to see that firsthand and and it's it's just really fun and i yeah. love i love i love those characters and i love doing those characters um a lot um but it it uh how do i put it it's just like it seems to resonate with a with a large fan base and and i um I have a lot of fun with it when I go to conventions. Like people know about those characters. Like I played the yeah. game a million times, or you know, I've seen the Cell Saga a million times, and it's just fun to shoot the shoot the breeze about that. Um, but those characters to perform them are, are always just if, you, if you're ever playing a, a, an egotistical uh, psychopath, <laughs> it's always fun. I don't yeah. care, you know who you are. That's fun. How did you actually end up getting, you know, the role to be a villain multiple times? Actually, I, like, it's my it's just my personality, honestly. If I, <laughs> I don't know, I don't. There's certain things that uh, it play to your strengths, I guess. Which is kind of I just made it sound really scary because I'm not a, really a psychopath. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess like I have a quality that I don't know. 
what it is. I just play the characters well. Uh, maybe I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to answer that. Like, you know what it is? I just have fun. I think it's cause I just have fun with it. And I also pull from like, I got, I mean, we all got our asses kicked in school, but I went to this one school <laughs> in particular where there was like these really mean bullies and they tortured me for, oh God, all bullies are mean, but they just like, there was this one guy, Jamie Lydell is his name. And he was like a terrifying bully when I was like eight or nine years old. And I think, yeah. I, and there's been other bullies since, you know, since then uh, in, in, in school um, that I'm just able to remember and pull from too um, pretty easily because uh, I was surrounded so much <laughs> like on the receiving end of it. Um, and uh, I don't know, like I just kind of, I guess took those really negative experiences and like sort of transformed or made, I don't know, make you, you can play that character without actually hurting mm -hmm. somebody. Uh, but it's, it's, it's kind of like defangs it in a way, you know, like if you can, I don't know how to put it. It's, it's, you can relive those experiences through acting and channel those people that you you've known throughout the years that, mm -hmm. that tortured you and almost kind of like take control of it somehow. Like, now you're in the driver's seat and, and, and you take those negative experiences and kind of, it's not turning them positive, but your, your, I don't know. Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. sense. Trust me. Uh, and I'm, yeah, I'm able to, so yeah, I guess, I guess I get cast that way because I like having fun with those characters um, and, and I'm able to pull from those experiences. Now that said, I've turned down roles where the character is either completely unredeemable or does such horrific shit during the course of whatever. It, you can only do so much bad stuff on television. So that's, mm -hmm. that's a good thing there, right? You can't really, you're not going to be chopping off heads and, and murdering kittens on TV, but there's, but there's movies <laughs> where yeah. I've, I've turned down like, you know, any kind of, Ah, you know, sexual violence or, you know, domestic violence or any of that kind of stuff. It doesn't interest me and I don't want to do it. Um, I don't want to get into a place mentally to, do, to be able to, mm -hmm. to, to, to try to pull that off. It doesn't interest me. I don't want to do it. Um, so the stuff, I guess the stuff that I've done over the years where they've, they've been so-called bad guys, mm -hmm. there's always been something kind of redeeming or fun about them. Yeah. Too, you know? But it's kind of funny you bring that up because, I mean, shit, we got Dexter. You know, and it's a good example. Yeah. It's a good yeah. Example. Um, him, you know, starting off the show, just uh, they go through all the flashbacks and he's literally killing kids and then, or not kids, sorry, kittens, and then, you know, dismembering bodies. You know, that's sort of thing. But they've, they've redeemed him, you know, made him, made him a father, a loving brother, uh, and, and, and a, a, a tool for justice. So whatever he's done, they've allowed they've they've balanced it out and then some right so okay. if he killed a kitten he was a child and so okay we can maybe forgive like i'm sure they've i don't know that if, if, if you didn't read the books did you i did you did read the books yeah okay I, are the books like the tv because i'm sure the tv is much more homogenized right right yeah the tv show is a lot better uh the first book oh, it follows a, uh the first book follows the first season and then it just gets weird after that. So I know why the TV show was like, yeah, we're going to go our separate route with it.
Oh, okay. Yeah. Went supernatural, which made no, no sense. Uh, a lot of cannibalism, not on his part, but there is a cannibalistic tribe that he had to take on. Uh, that sort of thing. So it just goes really... Oh, okay. Yeah, different. Literally the show, where it went, even though the ending, you know, controversy. The books, if they followed the books, it would have been more controversial. Well, that's a good... You, so that's a good segue. You know, the, the supernatural I did was a cannibal, right? The Rougarou. He, for all the bad stuff he did, we forgave him because it was either beyond his control or we know he's a good person in, uh, in, in his heart, right? So right. those save the cat moments. <laughs> Damn. Really? Yes. <laughs> Going there. Yeah, you know that? You know that? You know what? <laughs> so what else you got is, for me, Daniel? This is one of my biggest dreams for you. So Katie Sackhoff uh, was fortunate enough to bring her animated character to live action. Um, do you think you'll be lucky enough if and when they bring Handsome Jack to the big screen to actually pull that off? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll lobby for it, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, for sure, because in essence, you know, Anthony Birch and I created that character. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he wrote it and I, I brought it off the page. So whoever does it is going to do a version, probably a version of that or not. Honestly, you, you have right. no idea. Um, but um, I didn't, didn't mean to see that and it sounded in, in an egotistical way. It just makes sense because you've got millions and millions and millions of people that know that character as that character. So it just wouldn't, to me make sense to really deviate too much from that right like right you wouldn't make him a blonde surfer for example that had a heart of gold you would stick with this megalomaniac uh i know it's such a weird example i just gave <laughs> what um but it would you know uh at the end of the day hollywood or film and tv it's all about spreadsheets and numbers and they're gonna say well look you know we want somebody that's gonna put asses and seats and eyeballs on tv um, and you know, if, if Roger Craig Smith isn't doing the voice of Sonic for the movie, he did tease something on, on Twitter and the well, movie I comes hope, out this weekend. I, I, I hope he's, he's doing the new one. Is he? No, he's not voicing for Sonic. It's still, uh, the guy from Parks and Rec, which I, well, I think, but that doesn't make any sense to me because he created, in my mind, he created that character. Yeah. So, and that's not an on-camera thing. And I don't really think anyone gives a shit if it's the guy from Parks or Rec. Or right. I think they would probably, no, no, nothing against that. I don't even know who did it. I don't know who's the guy. The ben oh. Schwartz. Ben Schwartz, ben Schwartz. That's right. Actually, I know Ben, I know that, I know, I know his work. I'm a fan of his, absolutely no question. Um, but is that better than putting Roger as Sonic? Not in my opinion. Yeah, but everyone's got everyone's got an opinion. Uh, is it better? Do the millions of people that know Roger as Sonic are they upset? Do they want to see him in that role? Are they like you know? I don't know. But if they're not casting him, and that's not even a live action situation where he's on camera, this is a long way of saying uh, it's it's doubtful that that anyone would be like unless the producers and the directors and all the people that have the say would be so, oh my God, I love you as that character and you're the only one that can do it. Right. That's a very outside possibility. 
But at the end of the day, they just look at who's got the box office draw, blah, 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 blah. You know, right. And I mean, I think um, uh, us as gamers and, you know, you being prominently a voice actor, we might get our dream filled because um, Nolan North had a cameo in the Uncharted movie. Right. Um, cameos are always a possibility, but is, is are you going to actually do the character? Yeah. Um, I, it would be a shame if, if they didn't put Nolan in that movie. But that's, again, who's doing the movie and are they fans of the original or is that, is that, are they just looking at that as a property that's going to put, um, you know, uh, it's going to sell a bunch of tickets, right? You don't know. Right. Those are very, very subjective things like where you don't, they may be completely detached from the project and not care or right. they might love Nolan and love Uncharted and have been a fan of it. Like, uh, like Eli Roth uh, strikes me as the kind of guy that would be a fan of Borderlands. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I mean, the director's only got so much say, but that's a good example of, of somebody that would probably know the project inside and out and be an actual fan of it and yeah and 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 know the ins and outs of it but then again you're going to have there's lots of people out there associated with it that with other projects that just have no clue they just right. like oh that made x number of dollars in the video game world let's make that a movie and then that's pretty much the end of the involvement they don't really give a shit either way yeah but i mean like what what's your biggest takeaway like why do you think or feel that uh, big productions like this going off of video game movies kind of segue from the source material and it just gets fucked because we all know that they eventually bomb. Sonic has been the biggest success. We've had the Resident Evil franchise, which I hate. I love and hate. Love and hate relationships. So where do you think kind of segues away and like where... Yeah. Well, I think they underestimate the studio underestimates or the people that are producing it, this is just going to use the word studios, uh, are underestimating the importance of the fan love and the numbers of people that I think initially anyway, we're talking about like the, the Resident Evils. I think they, my, my guess is, is that they go, oh, Resident Evil, video game, uh, that's all we need. We need the name, right? Mm -hmm. We need the name Resident Evil, and then we'll put Mila. Uh, what's her name? Mila Jovovich. Mila Jovovich, yeah. Um, Mila Kunis. <laughs> <laughs> in in that, and that's all we need. You know what I mean? But I think as video games, that's a that was a long time ago. But I think as video games get more and more uh, and better and better, um, they, I would imagine that they they lend more credence to the the voice and the opinion of the fans of that property because there's just now there's it's in the millions if not mm -hmm. i mean it could be a couple billion who knows yeah right i mean i mean video games outperform movies every time now right I mean, right right about that so you can't ignore that um but when it comes to casting the actual person and nolan's a great example of that um I don't know. Like, what would what would have happened if you put Nolan instead of Tom? What's his name? Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Who I fucking love that guy. Um, <laughs> what would have happened? How would the movie have performed? We'll never know. But right, there's obviously millions and millions and millions of people that know know Nolan, know that property, know that story, recognize line, that, know voice all that immediately. Uh -huh, right. 
I mean, the only thing would be he's a little long in the tooth to play because he's what he looks phenomenal for his age, but I think Nolan's like 55. Um, that would be the only thing. But if Nolan was like 40 or 35, I don't know. It's a good question. We'll never know because no one has the balls <laughs> to do it. You're not going to stick right. $150 million into a movie and put a voice actor in it. And it's not going to do that. Maybe yeah. if they did, you know, my only hope is if they do another Borderlands, Handsome Jack's in it, and I don't know, he's not in it for that long where they could justify putting me in there. Well, even then, like, <laughs> you know, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm just saying at least I've got, you know, some screen time where they could go, oh, okay, well, he knows what to do in front of the camera where it's not just, you know, but that's a real that's a real one in a million, you know? Right. Which I was going to lead into is like, um, you know, I know you started doing mocap uh, for that, for the game Borderlands, right? For Borderlands 3, that's when the mocap started coming in. I didn't do any mocap for it. I just did the voice, but I've done other mocap stuff. Yeah, I just did, um, what do you call it? Mafia just came out recently and all that, but okay. Yeah. Okay, I thought you did mocap, so sorry, but I mean... No, I do mocap. I just didn't do it for Borderlands 3. Okay. I just think that with mocap and what everything's going on, that and with the prosthetics you can do with, you know, uh, live action, literally they can bring you in and just... You know, Handsome Jack has everything on his face going on, so literally they can bring you back in and do some live action stuff, or yeah, just lend your voice, you know, voicing who knows stuff. man who's the you know again who's the studio doing it who's who are the people involved yeah, there's so many moving pieces but at the end of the day usually what ends up happening is they go jake gyllenhaal you know or fucking mark Wahlberg. that all amazing actors and they're both rights but those Pretty are the boys, names but whatever <laughs> well, well they just they they they're going they're they look at that as a safe bet and they go, Oh, well, if we put in that name, uh, you know, Charlie's their own, then we're going to, that's going to guarantee us a return. That's yeah. the thinking. It's always been the thinking. And sometimes there's truth to that. Sometimes there, there just, there isn't, I don't know. I can't count. I mean, I've got like maybe two actors all watch a movie because they're in it. I don't know how many people think that way. Like, do you have actors where you're like, Oh shit, you know, Tom Holland's in this and I have to watch it because Tom Holland's in it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have actors? Yeah. Who are they? Um, well, kind of drop. I haven't seen uh, Morbius, but Jared Leto is something like, oh, yeah, you know, he's kind of underrated. Oh, the other okay. name, Ben Foster, is somebody that's underrated that I would watch. Oh, Ben Foster is amazing. Yeah. 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 I feel like Ben Foster really is yeah. an underdog, underrated. And that's something I will always make time for, for him. Just like, you yeah, no, I'm watching this. The more I think about it, the more actors I have that I'll watch stuff because they're in it. Now that I think about it, yeah. Ben Foster. If a Ben Foster thing pops in front of me, I'll watch it. I'll go, oh, I got to see what Ben Foster does in this. And I just mentioned Tom Holland. I love yeah. Tom Holland. I watched that movie. It was, it was horrible. I didn't like the movie, but I watched it because he was in it. I don't know. It was like something about uh, where you get excited and your head shakes. <laughs> it just recently came out. Do you know what I'm talking about? With Tom Holland? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a sci-fi movie where oh, head, people's, um, people's heads him, vibrated. It was him and the girl from Star Wars. Oh my God, what was the name of that movie? Yeah, I know, um, it was a super weird movie. I didn't care for it, but I watched it because he was in it. Um, so I say that, I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's dumb that they do that. But actually, no, 
it, there's a, it doesn't make a lot, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, yeah, uh, sometimes yeah. yeah, because walking. I don't like, what is it? Chaos, chaos walking. walking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Weird movie. But you know, that's, that's the, you know, it's Damien Clark. I remember certain for, for myself in the third person. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> It's Damien Clark in a perform in Borderlands 3? Probably not. Uh, but it'd be cool to do a cameo or something, you know what I mean? And yeah. again, unless unless you've got a real huge fan of 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 the property and what what the actor did with that character. But you know, that's just the way it is. It's the way it goes. All right, Thomas and I were starting uh not a GoFundMe, but that petition that you signed to have you be handsome Jack if that happens. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, go fund me. What are you going to do with the money? <laughs> I had to say go fund. I forgot the, uh, the other thing. <laughs> you going to give give me the money? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll we'll run it like a campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot what it's called though. I know it's not GoFundMe, but if you sign the petition online, org? maybe yeah, Kickstarter. No, Kickstarter still requires money, yeah. so it might be the one. Might as well make some money. True. Yeah. Worst, worst okay. case, we get some dinner out of it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We'll travel to California and see Damien and be like, hey, yeah. we can try to make it work. Let's have dinner together. Yeah. To let's point, have a real so, conversation. <laughs> um, to your point, I, I feel like the creative process of filmmaking always has to jump these hurdles of like the business side. And that's why we see a lot of yeah. big names attached. And I think, like, yeah. to me, the most recent point to that would be the super mario movie the animated one that has all these big name actors that nothing uh-huh. against them i just don't feel uh, like they, they're the best fit like nothing against well, I don't, Chris Pratt, yeah it's I, I agree with you there i don't think that that to me doesn't make any sense i'm not saying it's wrong but i just think if you're gonna use if it's a if it's an animation if it's animation you're talking about why and you half the times you don't even know what the actor is anyway Right. right it's like a game when you're playing when you're listening to, to an animated pixar disney whatever and you're like oh who's that actor and you're like whoever first in the room gets it wins kind of thing if if it's unrecognizable anyway what what do why aren't we using the people that essentially created that character to begin exactly. with why, that, that to me doesn't make any sense i understand the live action yes but yeah that to me it, it, it kind of bugs me a little bit it bugs me that they didn't use Roger for Sonic. I thought that was dumb. Yeah, and, and I think that's when the Kickstarter comes into play so we can we can be making these movies, right? <laughs> <laughs> we know the source of material. We'll get the Well, I guess the argument is who's got a bigger who's got a bigger draw, right? The original actor that did the property, the video game, and you've got those millions and millions of people that like that person, or the famous guy, the Chris Pratt. Right. Who's got the more who's got more draw and does it even matter? Does it even matter if it's animation? Are you going to watch an animated movie because Chris Pratt's the voice of it? It's a totally different animal if it's live action. I get it. I get it for live action. But to me, to me, it doesn't make any sense if it's just if it's an animated thing. But yeah, um, not not a lot of A-lister, B-lister, whatever actors can do VO that well. I can think of a couple, I'm not gonna mention them, but mention them, but they don't, they're not good at it. They're not good at the VO. Yeah. They don't have yeah. the skill. 
it's, and it shits the bed, you know, they're an A-lister, but at the end of the day, they're, 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 they're doing this hundred, $200 million animated movie and it sucks. Yeah. And that's the what always like, well, Yeah. And, and the studio is like, well, we're going to get, we're going to sell all these tickets because, you know, we've got uh, whoever, whoever's, whoever famous person. I just, that to me doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I read an article a while back where they kind of called it like product placement or like logos even because, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to like the posters and like the promotional material, having right. their name on there automatically makes it much more appealing. And, right. you know, nine times out of 10, a lot more people are looking for Chris Pratt interviews on Google or YouTube then there would be another actor that doesn't have that kind of star power. So, well, okay. Well, that's a good point. That's a good, that's a really good point. So if Chris Pratt's talking about the movie and he's got 20 million followers uh, across all platforms, whatever, then that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's talk shows, all that, that's just all promotion and that's, and that's all marketing and that's all, that's obviously a huge deal. So in that regard, that does make sense. So just kind of shot myself in the foot there, but it does make sense that way. Yeah. Yeah. It, don't I like think it, it's all, but... it's all subconscious things that we probably don't even think yeah. about. Like you said, you know, how many actors would you watch just because they're in it? And then when you start to think about it, that list get, keeps getting longer and longer because it's all in the back of our head. And yeah, it, we're just zombies, man. <laughs> <laughs> At least some, some of them are getting due justice because we had um, Kevin Conroy actually be Batman and, live action as well in uh legends of tomorrow when i had that crossover you know yeah that's what needs to happen is we need to acknowledge like we we grew up sorry we're 90s kids 80s kids like we need to we want to do give our due diligence to our voice actors that's how we feel like you made our childhood so like seeing you in a real person like we want to see you in you know on screen so a good business model would be then to at least just get that actor in that movie. And that way you got maybe the best of both worlds. And right. market. I mean, if I was, if I was in charge, I, I think that's probably, yeah. It makes sense. Right. Yeah. I guess I mean, what they, they kind of did with Nolan. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. shit. <laughs> Perfect psychopath right here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I'm so good at it. What other questions you got for me, Daniel? I feel like I keep derailing you here. No, you're fine. And the call's going to drop soon. So got to make it worth it. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over two questions. So uh, we got to spit fire. So most difficult voiceover and then the most uh, challenging on-screen role. What was the first question? (laughs) Most challenging voiceover. Also most challenging on-screen role. So I guess challenging VO wise, uh, I don't know. None of it's really challenging. It's all fun to me. It's not like it's not Silkwood, you know. It's not Dancer yeah. in the Dark. Um, it's just uh, uh, most interesting, most dynamic would hands down be Handsome Jack, just because the writing and the when they just let me get away with bloody murder. No pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, uh, I love that character uh, and challenging. Um, I have to say how to be a serial killer probably. It was one of the few times that I was actually sort of the, the lead in something um, yeah. in, a, in a movie. Um, but that was challenging in the sense that I was, you know, a lot of pressure. Um, 
and it wasn't a, you know, blockbuster by any means, but I took it really seriously. And I, I, I uh, you know, had a lot of fun doing it, but I also did like, a shit ton of work. Did, um, um yeah. with the writing I get with Borderlands, especially doing uh, the telltale stories, did um, you get to improvise any of that? On Borderlands? Yeah. Tons. Really? What, what was cool about working with those guys is it what, uh, and it's not usually the case, is, but if you had a good idea and it was funny, it stayed in the project. Okay. So, you know, the whole pretzels thing, I just happened to be eating in the booth and then I just started saying lines while I just, we were fucking around. Uh, and that kind of stuff that was born in, that kind of stuff when it's born in the moment and I'm an actor that does, I, I'm better if I think about something on the fly or if I change a line every time. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, it's more fresh to me, um, which um, not necessarily a good thing. But for me, it, it those those moments in Borderlands uh, where they're just kind of off the cuff, and when we kind of came the crazy little make them up. See what I mean? Yeah, uh, were some of the better moments, and and they allowed me to do that. Um, and yeah, and they were just really laid back to work with. So the, the, at the end of the day, the rule was: if it's funny, it stays in; or if it's good, it stays in. And you don't have a bunch of people saying, yeah, but I wrote that and I want it in there because I wrote it. And that kind of bullshit you got to deal with. But it wasn't the case. You know, it's, it's rare and it's in when it went And I think that's why it worked, you know? Yeah, gotcha. Um, I'm just going to spit fire as much as we can. Spit but, uh, fire. <laughs> any funny fire at me. <laughs> any uh, uh, funny stories from being on set or in the recording studio that you can actually say? Like uh, Eric Vale said that um, he and Chris Sabat went to Olive Garden. No, sorry, Applebee's and they had the $5 margaritas. And they're like, no, we need to take a lunch. So they got tanked on the fucking margaritas. And they went back to Funimation Studios to record. And uh, they couldn't take a break after that. So basically, Eric Vale says, like, A, I, I passed out. And B, I pissed myself. What he told that story? Yeah, on KameaCon, and like Chris, Chris was hanging him on. He's like, "No, you got to tell the real story." He's oh like, my you god! You got to really go there. Good for him for telling that story. That is <laughs> awesome. Um, well, you see, the problem is, is that you just told a really, really great story, and how can I possibly follow that? Really, you, you have you, to have you something screwed like that. yourself there. I don't have ah. a good enough. I don't have a good story like that. Um. I, I, I think about, you know, things that happen on set sets when you're dealing, when you're dealing with, especially episodic TV. Yeah. It's, and it's a one hour. I got a story that's not funny, but it's, it, it is for all the actors watching this. It is fucking terrifying. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it is a series I did this, this to this day. I get cold feet. I start sweating just thinking about it. I, um, when you're an actor, you will have a recurring nightmare uh, that you show up on set and you don't know your lines. It's pretty. Oof. It's pretty. A pretty basic. It's a pretty basic nightmare, and I think we've all had it. Some of it. Some. Some of us have it as a recurring nightmare, <laughs> and it's not a good nightmare. It's showing up for your SATs, having not studied, and you're naked. It's that. It's that nightmare. And I'm on this show called Graceland years back uh had a assistant director in charge of the fbi kind of a, you know a heavy kind of guy but uh, we had we had a day that 
well, when I first started the show, um, Aaron V was one of the leads in it. And he was like, Hey, just heads up. They, um, rewrite the shit out of the show on the fly. So check your email and check it often. I'm talking before you go to bed. First thing when you wake up, mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. And, uh, there was a day, you know, I got this, we got the script that we're shooting tomorrow. I'm getting dinner tomorrow's scene for me. Not nights light. It's the light scene. Uh, and I've got it down. It's no problem. And at that night I did not <laughs> check my email, nor did I check it in the morning. Oh, and I'm no. talking, I, went, I went to bed at like fucking 11, 12, what have you like should have, I should have. But I didn't expect anything because I, I right. checked around seven or eight p.m. Yeah, not nothing happened, right? So I figured I was cool, not cool. So I wake up, I'm in makeup. Uh, somebody had said, "Oh, actually, Aaron said, <laughs> Aaron said, hey, do you, do you want to run this, this scene?'" And I was like, "Hi, that's funny because you know there is no scene really, right? It's like me, it's like us. We're passing each other in the hallway, and I'm like, you know, get, you know go do this thing and." It was, and so I'm like, ah, that's funny. And he looked at me weird, like, all right. <laughs> I'm sitting, we're, we're, we're on, on the soundstage and, and they're setting up the scene. And I'm like, what fucking scene is this? Like, what it? And the AD, I'm sitting in the chair and I'm just, I just started going over the sides. Mm-hmm. And the AD comes on and goes, big old, big scene, huh? And he goes, that's fucking crazy. I can't believe they just, Wrote that last night, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Three, almost four pages of dialogue, mm-hmm. and it's all me. It's shit. all me, and I don't know fucking any of it. And I just hear the AD say, 10 minutes, ten minutes." Have you ever been so freaked out that the top of your head burns, like you get a burning sensation at the top of your head? This is the only time this ever happened to me. I felt like somebody lit my head on fire. And I went through like a panic situation where that where the nightmare came true. Yeah. <laughs> it, it fucking came true. And I was like, and I can't, now I'm so panicked that I can't absorb any of the dialogue. I'm like, I'm reading it, but it's not going in. So I had to, oh my God, it's just the worst. I still have that nightmare about the actual thing that happened to me. Shit. And- I was able to luckily in the scene request a folder. Um, I don't know if one was already slated to be, if we, if we had props already had a folder, a Mila folder, I think they did, but I was like, Hey, props. And then props came over. And I was like, look, uh, I kind of, I kind of fucked myself. I didn't check my emails last night. And so I, I pasted my, my sides in the folder. Yeah. <laughs> And and got through the rehearsal that way, and I got through the first three takes that way, and then direct and the director finally said, "Hey man, can you like look up from your fucking folder from time to time? That'd be great." <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time we ended up getting to my coverage, I'd kind of gotten it down, and so uh, yeah, that was the worst. Oh God, just thinking about it was so so harrowing and so crazy. Jesus. Because look, it's a one hour huge a one hour procedural, and it's got a huge huge cast. So if I held up yeah. shooting, we wouldn't have gotten our day. Yeah. And it would have been fucking game over for demo. That would have been it. They would have can- <laughs> they would have canned me and would not have been good. 
It would yeah. have been really, really bad. It would have been catastrophic. Yeah, everything has to be. That's the thing with with episodic TV. It's not. You're not. I, I don't want to say you're not creating art. You are, in a sense, creating art. But it's not like theater or a movie where you know you have these rehearsals and you don't have rehearsals. It's. It needs to be done. Time management is the most important thing. It needs to be done at a certain time. It's just go, 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 go. So that was the most terrifying freaking thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, any kind of fun stories? I don't know. It's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> Working with Nathan Fillion on Castle was a lot of fun. He's a oh, he's kind of one of those one of those prankster kind of guys that's just always fun to be around. I really enjoyed actually her, him and Stana. It was one of the more pleasant experiences I've ever had on set for sure. Damn. And yeah. shit. Um, talk to Kyle, you know, adult Gohan, that ultimate oh. Merc do. But um, where um, where did that disconnect happen? You know, where it was, um, you played future Gohan and future of Trunks or history of Trunks. And then... Oh, you did do your homework. Yeah. <laughs> and then what happened with that? I mean, you you were already adult aka future gohan and then you got replaced by kyle like what happened with that i honestly don't i don't remember dude i have absolutely no idea you were no, a good gohan no idea oh thanks man i yeah i well i think that character was like how old would have, i don't go on been like mid <laughs> mid to late 20s probably like early mid 20s 30s, early, early 30s, 30s? Yeah, I don't know. He was twelve. He was twelve when, uh, when Trunks was born. He was twelve. Yeah. So it's a good skip question. To future, you know. Yeah. Twenty six, and then you had that big time jump with all the training, and then it was just like, yeah, you're mid, uh, higher twenties, early thirties. Like, what happened? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I have absolutely no idea. You're going back like a long time. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Wish I had a better answer for you. And did he film also going back? Did he film that Keanu Reeves movie uh, with, you know, in Texas or was it that in in California? Yeah, that was in Austin. Austin, really? Yeah, Richard Linklater is a fan of shooting there. Um, yeah, we shot that in Austin. Damn. Yeah. Only bringing it up because I I know Funimation is you know based in in Dallas, so now california yeah sony yeah since that deal um yeah that was god i keep forgetting about that movie too that was a fucking blast that was so weird actually i hate to admit it watch that movie on acid so <laughs> uh, well that's the friends. way to, that's the way to do it man that movie was out there it was a philip k dick novel right yeah yeah, that was a that was a crazy movie. It was a shame too because once we like the, the head of I think it was Warner yeah it was Warner Brothers um, mm-hmm. was a big big fan and then uh, whoever it was the VP or whoever was championing that movie uh, was moved out or quit or did whatever um, and uh, was right when the movie wrapped pretty much so they just had zero um, marketing for it zero push behind it. It's weird how that can happen. But I thought it was a pretty good movie. It was fun to do it. That's for sure. Yeah. Without a doubt. Any last words or 
advice you can give out to anyone? Uh, uh, advice would be if you don't have to move to LA, don't move to LA. Uh, I don't think many people do. If you want to be a voice person, I don't think you have to move to LA anymore. Um, it's just so crazy here, man. <laughs> where, where do you live? Where do you live? Phoenix. Uh, we're both in the Phoenix, Phoenix area. Gas is, gas is $7 here right now, I think. Jesus Christ. It's so Cali? expensive. It's so expensive to live here just across the board. It just doesn't make sense. So if you don't have to live in LA, don't live in LA. It's not like it was 20 years ago. Um, uh, what was the other thing? What was your other question? Oh, I got some dates coming up. I'm going to be in Phoenix. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm going to be in Phoenix. Oh, we're so... No, 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 not Phoenix. South Carolina this weekend, and then Vegas for Fanboy coming up. What was your question? What? We talked about KameaCon, and actually, they're. Mm. Um, I know you said January they brought it, but it was weird, but they're bringing it back to Texas, actually. Well, didn't Kamehacon. they do it in Texas last year? They did. Oh, but, no, they uh, didn't. They didn't. Yeah, yeah, we had the conversation on the phone. Why is KameaCon being weird? Well, and I know you're casted, or not casted, but you're there. No, I didn't do it this year. Um, and I don't want to get into the whys of it, but um, uh, there's, I, I think there's, there's some problems with the property and some of the actors doing. Gotcha. Sony's not crazy. From my understanding, Sony's not crazy about us doing it. Um, and again, without getting into it too much. Uh, it's, it was just very problematic for, for me to do it this year for, for a bunch gotcha. of reasons. No, but we'll see. Fine. We'll see. We'll see. I don't really know. You, you didn't go to it last year, did you? No, not last year. Uh, I went to the first year. Um, I tried to get the VIP. Fun. The VIP the first year. And I saw you with your dog. That was fucking adorable. Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah. you with your dog and... Um, <laughs> tried going up to the door i was like i want to buy a vip pass right now and they told me no they're like what? it's not overbooked but we sold like what we need to sold and i was like why oh 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 my headphones are about to die here so better fucking what do you call it spitfire yeah so yeah that's my story so that's what happened but again you were a dream, somebody I always wanted to meet. I will meet you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Well, we're, um, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I got some dates coming up um, con-wise, so check them out. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm sorry, you told me where you live, and I totally forgot because I'm an idiot. Phoenix. Where is it again? Phoenix, okay. Um, do I have... I've got a lot of dates coming up. Um, I'm glad you're getting work again. Because I know you're <laughs> writing and directing. That's what you told me when you had the first initial phone call. It was, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad that a lot of cons and stuff are coming back in the film and TV business kind of coming back. Um, it's good that people are able to get out of their houses and talk to each other again. Um, but yeah, I don't know if I have anything at the top of my head. I'll text you. Yeah. There's websites you can go to to check if people are in cons and stuff, right? Yeah, there is. Yeah. But literally, uh, I would so, love to meet you in person again. Oh man, that would be fun. I would love that. You seem like a pretty go, pretty cool guy. Thomas, not so much. 
Yeah, he's always it's, you know. It's a it's a restraining order. Gives <laughs> <laughs> me a bad look. You're still there, Thomas. You've been very quiet. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the I'm the producer in this today. I'm Daniel. This is this is Daniel's dream. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to I don't want to interrupt him. I mean, he was really excited, and I mean, you know how how much of a pain it was to get this all worked out. So I wanted to give him his moment. Yeah, well, Ultimately, I'm usually, so sorry. It's not usually like that, but we all had our things going on, right? Exactly. So, right. I'm glad we made it work. That's cool. A series of unfortunate events, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry to hear about all that, by the way. No, you're okay. And again, moving sucks dick, so I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not, fun. it's not fun. But yeah, it was great talking to you guys, man. Yeah. No, it really was a pleasure. Uh, appreciate it, was a Damian. Pleasure. And um, yeah, you, if, you, if you text us some dates, uh, we'll be sure to include it in the article. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. let me check my calendar, um, and then I'll um, shoot you. I got a couple of. I got an agency website. Let me just make sure they got all that shit on there. Also, make sure uh, that they're organized. May we follow you on Twitter? Yeah, I don't use Twitter anymore, man. Okay. Never mind. Too many it, weird people, man. Too many weird people. A lot people of too. people are getting away from it. And I saw today Elon Musk bought a majority share in it because he's tired of people getting censored on there. So oh, <laughs> that was announced yeah. today, 9.2% making him the majority shareholder. So yeah, I kind of just I kind of I kind of kicked the whole social media habit um, about God, it was a while ago now, probably five, six years. And okay. uh, it's like one of the best things I've ever done. Um, just it just I, I, I found it to be very more negative than it was positive. I had crazy fucking people showing up and, and I'm like, why are these people showing? I'm like, oh, Twitter. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, I had a couple of negative kind of stalkery kind of experiences. And let's face it, I'm way too old to be using TikTok or fucking Instagram. So there's that. <laughs> yeah. We don't blame you. I mean, we're, we're happy for you. Yeah. You were able to cut that cord. And I mean, see. Well, well, plus, it's just a matter of time before I say something dumb. So there's that, too. I don't need that shit. Yeah, the pod, the podcast mentality, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have a couple of cocktails one night and tweet something stupid and then you're like that lady on the airplane <laughs> yeah <laughs> the next thing you know there's an article of us old old men screaming at clouds <laughs> don't think so don't like it all right well love you guys man thanks for the hey, uh, care, thank man. you for having us on the interview you. yeah big pleasure right on